Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I want to begin by opening our eyes to the experience that the children of Israel went through after their deliverance from the hand of Pharaoh by the leading of Moses. Many, many, many things ensued as God not only was trying to take them through the wilderness, which should have been a shorter journey, as some of you who read the Bible, but it took 40 years instead of what could have been 12 to 14 day journey. The Lord taught them many things in the wilderness, 40 years, and many of them died. By the end of those 40 years, Majority of the people entering into the promised land were not originally the people that entered the wilderness. The Bible says, because of their unbelief. And they constantly rebelled against God and whined and wild and complained and stayed indifferent while Moses was paying the ultimate price of helping them become a nation. It will never be and has never been easy to pioneer any work, especially one of bringing together people with different mindsets, attitudes, cultures, systems, values, artifacts in one whole integration for them to become a nation. So Moses paid his price. But in whatever God was building through Moses in Israel, as a journey of making them or helping them become a nation, liberating them after hundreds of years of slavery. The mindset was enslaved. The character was enslaved. The way of life was enslaved. The attitude was enslaved. The interpretation of life was enslaved. Every aspect of them was enslaved. And so God has to define many, many, many things. There's one fundamental thing, one, that God would not do without in building them as a nation. One fundamental thing that God would not do without to ensure stability, to ensure tranquility, to ensure the continuity and preservation of the posterity or the people of Israel. That was his presence. Because a nation is not enough, a household is not enough, a business is not enough, a dream is not enough, an empire is not enough if it carries no presence of God. It was as important to God that he would design a place for them to meet and worship their God. Every nation needs an altar. Every household needs an altar. Every individual needs an altar. Every business needs an altar. Everything established under seasons and times in the earth, it must carry an altar that connects them to God. 
common sense. Praise the Lord Jesus. But I begin with Exodus 25. And he instructs them very distinctly. Exodus 25 verse 8. He says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And verses 9 says, and you shall make it according to all that I show you, comma, the pattern of the tabernacle or the dwelling and the pattern of all the furniture thereof. So God instructs Moses that because these people have a journey with me in the process to become, they will make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. It's important that I have a point, a fixed point, wherewith I can relate with them. But he was keen on telling Moses, build this according to the pattern, the Bible says, that I have showed thee, or that I show you. It was important for him to build uh, a tabernacle. Now, those of you who know uh, this uh, tabernacle or sanctuary, that was built in the outer court. You had what they call the altar of sacrifice. That was the first place in the outer court where all animals of sacrifice were killed. On the same outer court, you had what you call the, the cleansing altar. Some call it the lava, right? The place where the people which had sacrificed, the priests which had sacrificed uh, the bloods and all these kinds of things with a filth of blood and everything they carried, they went to clean themselves. It was a consecrating uh, oracle or entity. It was a cleansing uh, word. The lava was a cleansing place. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you entered into what you call the holy place. And three things were in the holy place. You had what they call the table the showbread. Then you had what they call the golden candlestick. Then you had an altar of incense also. The holy place. Then there now comes the veil. And after the veil, then you enter, you find the Ark of the Covenant. Where in number one was uh, some manna kept. Therein was the rod of Aaron, which budded, while the rest did not bud. Therein was the Ten Commandments. Again, in the Holy of Holies, you had what you call the mercy seat. And God spoke above the mercy seat between the cherubim. I want you to keep that. This is very important because these were not just ideas that came to Moses. This was a revelation of a specific pattern. And if you're a student of the word, if you not only follow the order in which these things are arrayed, but take time to study every article in arrangement, you will see the person of Christ in Revelation. From the entrance, you know, where we find the place of the sacrifice, to the oracle, and I call it the oracle deliberately, that cleanses, okay? Now, when the Bible speaks of the cleansing, we're not talking about the other one of the blood. We're talking about the cleansing from all the filth that was carried as at the place of the sacrifice. And if you are not a student of Scripture, you will also separate the cleansing 
word. Okay, the word that cleanses. When Jesus says, I have cleansed them by my word. Those are men cleansed as of men which are coming out of sin or have been living in sin. That message that cleanses a man is not the so bread that we find in the holy place. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, that is what I will call the wisdom of the just. Praise the Lord Jesus. The message you teach a man who has not yet understood the sin principle, the righteousness imputed through faith, a man who has not understood the mystery of the new birth is a cleansing message and sometimes we need it when we fall into sin. Okay? But because we're reminded firstly of the sacrifice, which is the person of Jesus Christ, and his word then that brings the cleansing because of the, of the sacrifice. When we go beyond that, when you mature into that, then you find the sore bread. That is in the holy place. That is the wisdom of the just. That comes to men who understand the pattern of holiness. All right? And then you have the candlesticks, the golden candlestick, which is seven heads. And those represent the seven spirits of God. They also represent the seven guiding lights of the Holy Spirit. I think I've taught a sermon on the seven guiding lights. If you want to look that up, it's one of those things that help you know the will of God in every circumstance. Because sometimes you find yourself, uh, I need to make a decision in my career. I need to make a decision in my marriage. I need to make a decision in my next step of ministry. What do I do? I have taught about the seven guiding lights. If you remember the time of Eli, when God lifted the presence of the ministry and the altar of Eli, the Bible says that the candle burned out. It was no light. And when the candle burned out, the Bible says Eli was also stricken with blindness. Because when the presence of the Holy Spirit is away, the man cannot see as he ought. Even though he carries the discernment of experience, he still requires that continuous connection with God to carry the mandate as he ought. And then you have the altar of incense. Why do you have the altar of the incense? In the book of Revelation, the altar of the incense represents the spirit of prayer as a saint, okay? So men who have, you know, gone beyond the place of the sacrifice and the instruction that cleanses them, when they enter the true holiness, the Bible calls it, they understand the wisdom of the just, they are aligned to the spirit of prayer, and they understand the person of the Holy Spirit in such a distinctive way, okay? And then it goes again into the mercy seat. Why God speaks from places of mercy and then you can go now into the Ark of the Covenant and understand the mystery and the laws or principles that govern covenants with God and man. And then you ask yourself why Aaron's uh, rod budded and the rest did not. Why God chose Aaron's rod uh, cast down for it to become into a snake to consume the snakes that were made by the magicians in the time of Pharaoh. Why God did not use Moses' rod while he used Aaron. Why he did not use Moses' mouth Why he used Aaron's mouth. And yet, even with all of that power, when the mantle falls off Aaron, he dies immediately because he was kept by the power of the priestly office and not the pattern of principles that should have been laid in understanding within his heart as a man of God. So all of these things, by pattern, reveal Christ in such a way. They reveal Christ in such a way, such a deep way, manner, right? Why in Revelation 2.17, he introduces something called the hidden manner. He says, I shall give unto you the hidden manner because that which is known in the Old Testament was visible and available for all men. 
this kind falls another way. The dew of this kind or the signs that represent the falling of that kind of revelation are another way. This now signifying God giving you things, revealing things to you that are hidden. They're not for seekers, I already said. They're for positioned men. So I could probably do two or three hours on the tabernacle alone and giving you scripture upon scripture to help you reconcile that with the revelation of Christ and deeper also to understand the place of God's presence in our lives. Somebody shout, hallelujah. So he gave them the tabernacle. And in there, priests used to go in the Holy of Holies. As the Bible says, priest entered yearly behind the veil. And then he interceded for the sin of Israel. And when he interceded for the sin of Israel, God covered their sin because of what the priest did. The Bible says they went there yearly to minister unto God for the errors of the people and himself also. So the presence of God is confirmed with them. And by the reason of following the pattern that God had given Moses, I've said this once, I think, God honored them with his presence. Not necessarily because that's where he was, but because a man designed a pattern according to what he had seen in heaven. You should never forget that. This thing is deep if you think about it. Because later when you read Paul, and Paul says that God does not dwell in temples built by human hands, okay? When you meet John, the revelator in the book of Revelations, when he goes to the very place that, you know, is defined as of where the temple was, he says, I saw no temple, but I saw God the Father. And the Lamb thereof as the temple. You can see that in whatever vision John has in the book of Revelation concerning God the Father and the Lamb thereof as the temple of that city, the revelation that now comes to John to fully understand that what Moses saw was actually the place of God the Father, the Lamb, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that he receives that in where he's able to understand God, but in honoring to build according to the pattern, God honored them with his presence. And I tell people always, God anoints patterns. Never forget this. God anoints patterns. That's why I've told you that there are three things distinctly to guarantee access to the things of God. I've already told you that it's either through a man, so you connect frequency upon frequency. Iron sharpeneth iron. You can access certain things because you are connecting to a man or woman who has been to certain places. Number two, I told you, you can connect or access the graces of God if you know how to do the patterns or the principles of the Spirit. And number three, I told you, if you learn to design the seasons and times of the encounters God has ordained, the milestones that He has designed for your destiny, or sometimes it might not even tag your destiny, but it tags, you know, divine purpose on the macro level, on the bigger picture. And then in that instance, when a man has rebelled to avail themselves, you are the available vessel and God can switch eons. He can change ages and realign mandates to make sure that you stand in that part because there's a point where he sought for a man who should stand in the gap. That man must be able to design the seasons and times of God 
all of these three things are fundamental. All of these three channels are fundamental. One of them might not be enough for you to live a successful life in the Christian faith. You need all the three. You will need certain men to connect you to certain frequencies. You see, a story is given of Till Osborne being in India for many years with his wife, Daisy. And they want to believe God for divine healing, but they cannot find it. They're praying for people. They believe in the healing power of God, but they cannot. And then one time they go in a meeting of a man who carried the frequency. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man healed a girl whose eyes were crossed, okay? You know, they were crossed. And these eyes just came back to normal like that. And when Till Osborne saw that, the story is given. He knew he could heal. He went immediately to India and started healing of the grace he had received because he connected with a man's frequency. Don't underestimate the things your eyes are able to see when God is working in the presence. I'll say it again. Never underestimate the things your eyes are able to see. Not the things you see, but the things your eyes are able to see. I emphasize the word able because some could hear a thunder, but yet there was one. Where they were hearing a thunder, there was one hearing a voice. Are you following what I'm saying? God has sent a voice, but some people hear a thunder. So it's what you are able to hear. When the prophecies were given about Jesus Christ, the Bible says many marveled, but the Bible says Mary kept these things in her heart. No wonder she was the person that got the first miracle out of Jesus Christ. Because some people are not as contemplative enough, meticulous in the spirit, to be able to pick certain vibrations when God is doing things. But there are people who are keen in the things of God. They want to see the way of things. They want to connect to things when God is moving. The spiritual eye is open. It's aligned. It's awakened to make sure that they connect into the grace of whatever God is doing. Whenever you're in a place, always ask God to open your eyes to see the things you must see to connect to the glory that you desire in anything. It will help you. It will help you. One time there was a man that I observed who was a wealthy fellow and I knew many wealthy fellows but this one was wealthy but I could read a pattern of him. You see? And I can see in my life that there are many things that connect to the grace that operated on his life because I studied him as a pattern. The danger is carrying a glory of whose pattern a man can't read. Usually, that kind of man or thing is fake. You can tell a fake if you can't read its pattern. Anything whose pattern you can't explain is a fake. Now, notwithstanding, some of you cannot explain because you are not mature enough and switched on to see that they make some fake Praise the Lord Jesus. But I'm talking about people who are mature enough to read certain things. Who can read signs? Because signs in the spirit were also designed to be read. Not only demonstrated, but to be read. The Bible speaks of the sons of Ishakar, which had understanding of the times. When they had understanding of the times, they became an answer to help Israel to know what it ought to do. They became an answer. So when Israel had a question because these men had understanding of the times. They always knew what Israel ought to do, when it ought to do. When a man has an understanding of seasons, 
In every circumstance, you know how to answer any question in life. If you get to a point where you're stuck and you have no answers, then you're not the designer of seasons and times. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you learning something? So, back to what I was trying to tell us here. By pattern, I emphasize, God honored Israel with His presence. And with that presence, their clothes did not grow old. Their shoes did not wear out. Without presence, they did not need to dig because mine fell every morning. Without presence, the Bible says, none among them was feeble, strong fellows. Without presence, the sun would not smite them by day. Without presence, there was a flame of fire to lead them by night. But because they had pitched an instruction designed after the pattern. Designed after the pattern. And I emphasize that. It's very important. The Lord challenged me that when he created man in his own image and likeness, he told them to have dominion over the earth. You agree? That's what the Bible says. He says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And it was so. Now, why do we emphasize the spirit of dominion? Because our habitation on the earth is not designed to be a place of survival. We were not designed to function under survival instinct, except if you have not yet understood who you are, or you're not yet tagged to the covenant God has designed for our victory after the fall of man. Many Christians function and live like fallen men, and yet as hard as this might be for any man who is able to think deeper, earth is actually the lowest and simplest realm in the universe for a man to dwell, for a man to conquer. It's the simplest and lowest for man, human beings, to conquer. Did you know that? So when I hear conversations of somebody saying, oh, you know, I'm going to conquer Mars, I'm thinking, Something that is actually advanced with us. Mars is harder to conquer than us, isn't it? Than Jupiter is. Than Saturn is. S-A-T-U-R-N. Some of you might think Saturn, Saturn. And now scientists have discovered. I don't know that. Somebody remembers one time I gave a prophecy that they are going to discover more planets. Who remembers that day? I gave this prophecy a couple of years ago. And I think in a space of about one year from the time I gave that prophecy, they started now telling, oh, there's now this planet, there's that one. Now imagine how many planets there are in this universe and what men are discovering. When you read the book of Enoch, the man is telling you all the gates of the stars, he's telling you the gates of the moon, he's telling you the gates of the sun and how it goes through, you know, the constellations. And, and I'm thinking, what? His fellow soul. Now, the reality and life in which Enoch lived, or function, the Bible calls him the scribe of righteousness, right? The places in which this man went because he walked with God. I believe scientists are yet to even confirm some of these things. 
because he understood what it meant to walk with God. It's all things that scientists are trying to confirm now. And some cannot confirm because they are farther than their machines can see. So you must understand what God has put in a human being. So if there's a man in the same earth you're living, trying to conquer Mars, but you're still surviving on earth, you must ask yourself the power that actually made him firstly the richest man, but the richest man with such a zeal, drive, and ambition to conquer Mars. There is a correlation between the vision in Elon Musk and the amount of money or wealth that came to him. Only an ardent reader of the Spirit can understand what I'm saying. God is pushing something. God is pushing something. Remember the Bible says wisdom is the mother of all witty invention. So whatever is working in that man, whether he has a relationship with God or not, is actually of God. But to carry such a vision and beyond carrying it, somehow in this universe, there are winds blowing for the provisions of every kind of thing he needs to make that possible. Christians should think twice. Christians should think twice. Because you sit down with some of our Christians, they're still saying, you demon spirit of my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, of my great-great-great-grandfather, leave me. So if you're still dealing with that thing that is fourth generation or fifth generation or back, how can you even dream of dominion? You work like a survivor. You get married like a survivor. You can tell. You can tell. Oh yes, yes, even in marriage. You hear a woman is married, but she has haka money. Eh? You know those things of it? Eh? Just in case. Eh? Build your thing just in case. Not for the good of your house, no, but just in case. As a survivor mode. Save your kamani just in case. I don't know why they call it kamani. Why they don't call it money? You call it kamani. Some of you build in survival mode. You purchase things in survival mode. You sleep in survival mode. You wake up in survival mode. You raise children in survival mode. My son, you know we are poor. Huh? That's the first lecture. You know we are poor. Go to school and what? Study. You know, I have realized this for a fact. I've seen many times human beings trying through a lie, or sometimes it's not a lie, but a lower and inferior carnal reality to establish truth and good. Remember like when we were young and then your parents didn't want you to go out of a gate? And they tell you, the dog will bite you. Not because it was actually a dog, but hey, it's a white lie wasn't intending to, you know, tell a lie to this child necessarily, but I'm protecting them from a worse danger, which is not necessarily a dog. It could be a speeding car. But I'm looking for something that is in this heart for a child as fear. What does this child fear? Cat. There's a cat at the gate. And she'll stay indoors because she's uh, afraid of the cat. Well, you have established some sort of obedience, but it has been established on the foundation of deception. Now, in Isaiah, God says, make the way straight, okay? Um, some people think that word straight is just a simple word straight. But when you study that word from the root 
word straight. There's a way God has designed order for truth to be established in the earth. And there are compromises that might seem healthy but are rather unhealthy because God has given you wisdom to know how to direct certain things. Go to the parent who doesn't need to tell a lie for their child to go out. You might think that, ah, no, it's no big deal. Oh, yes, it is. You've planted the seed. You just don't know how big it is. But in 10, 15 years, it will come out of that child in such a way that you might not be able to explain the butterfly effect. Yeah? That theory, where with the flapping of a butterfly in Brazil can cause a tornado somewhere in Estonia. So they call it the butterfly what? effect. Go read about it. That sometimes little small things, actions, occurrences in life sometimes have very big consequences that almost as though you cannot compare them from the beginning because they look so distantly big for them to have been caused by such a small thing. As you learn to walk the journey of being true, even those little things start to matter. They start to matter. So this God that requires things straight, he has designed your mind to think a certain way when you go on the course of faith, when you go on the course of confession. Anything that diverts you from the purposes of God, you learn by wisdom to disengage. You learn by wisdom to disconnect to anything or anybody. The mystery of making the way straight. It's more than just what English in its degree of pragmatism against the Hebrew or Greek written would be able to, you know, explain. But anyway, back to what I was trying to tell us here. So, we are born in survival mode. We get born again in survival mode. You know, you had a lot of problems and came to Jesus. We get married in survival mode. We raise children in survival mode. We build ministries in survival mode. One time a man of God called me one day and said, I want to teach you a secret of ministry. I said, uh-huh, shoot on, brother. I was just, you know, upcoming. He told me, never reveal everything to people. As you're teaching, keep something for you. I said, why? Because if you reveal everything, they'll take it and go. You study this brother, and I realized I would have corrected him, but I realized he was not the kind to correct. You know, you must know or carry wisdom to know who you can ask and who you can't. Are you following what I'm saying? But I wondered how an infinite being in a finite body can run out to a place where they have given it out, poured themselves out so to the place where they will never be relevant for as long as they live. And they realize that some people do not know God. That's survival. Let me tell you. The thing God has put in you cannot run out. If I taught every day of my life until Christ returned or until I go home, I'll teach you something new every day. Because some of us did not learn these things from Bible school. We didn't read them from books. We connected to something so ancient. We're no longer students of certain realms. We're students in some, but in many of these realms of ministration, we're no longer students. We are scribes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you the truth. Bible speaks of the scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven. He's likened to a man 
who is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure both things new and old. New stuff is in your spirit. Old stuff is in your spirit. We are learned, not learning. The Bible says the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned to know how to speak a word to him that is weary in season. And he wakeneth my ear every morning as an ear which is learned. So yes, he can send instruction. He can bring new oracle. But he talks to me as a learned man, not as a learning man. You understand? So when the Bible says he has given me the tongue of the land, you realize then it's not what to speak, it's how to speak it. Because you're full of what to speak. <laughs> Ooh, slap yourself and say me too. Yes. You have to get to a point where you're not worried what to share. You understand? You just position yourself on how to share it. But you have it, it's inside there. The Bible says you have an unction from on high. You know all things. So you begin from the knowledge of all things. And then come on the earth to minister to men. That's infinite. Treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power might be of God. So you are an infinite being. You're endless. For as long as you live, you'll be functional. You'll always have something new on your life. But you see, if you're raising a survival mode of generation, it means... They deal as if it's going to leave. They deal as though it's not enough. They deal as though it's going to run out. I'll tell you. For example, money. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about money. Heaven works on a different currency. Not your currencies. Heaven has a term of money too. It makes its own money. In the very economy where you make money, as a man. That is why he could go in the mouth of a fish and get a coin. It wasn't fake money. It was real. Are you following what I'm saying? Heaven has a law of transaction and translation. It has a law of conversion. You understand what I'm saying? You need to understand the principle of seed and harvest. To understand how the law of conversion, the law of transaction works. That is why in Isaiah he says, without money, come and buy. He's talking about their money. He says, with heaven, without their money, you can still buy. Now, if you understand that simple portion of scripture, without money, come and buy. If you understand the mystery of really what is bought, let's talk about what is bought. The Bible says, buy truth and sell it not. By what currency do you buy truth? Do you buy it with your dollars? Do you buy it with your euros? Can you buy revelation? Because you went to the best theology school? You cannot buy revelation. But there's a way he has designed by his word how we buy and what we buy. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you were born in survival mode, Something tells you, oh well, fallen nature has defined life that way. Jesus did not live that way. <laughs> you look at the life of that man. He was never conscious about money. Never. Jesus was never conscious of how much was available. He told his disciples, when I sent you without a bag of money, when I sent you, 
without a purse, without a script, without shoes. He asked them, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing did we lack. He called his boys and sent them. And when he was sending them, money was not a factor. What makes you think that money is a factor in building the kingdom of God? What makes you think that money is a factor in living the life you should live? Oh, because money answereth all things. Oh, you're right. You're right to say money answereth all things. But how then is it commanded? Because by that position enough, it just looks for who it can answer to. It does not command. Money does not command. Money was not designed to command. Money was designed to answer. But there are people who you see are already commanded by money. That's what they call the love of money. They're already commanded by money. You can tell. Money can speak. You are walking normal. And then they put 50 million in your account. You even change the way you walk. That is money what? Speaking. That is a sign you're a survivor. Because once that money leaves, you go back to your old DNA. The way your descendant walked 3,000 years ago, it comes back. It's like, there's something that interests me about girls, okay? Somebody comes walking and they are walking according to their DNA. No more. Then they reach where people are watching and then the walk changes. Still like, Theopista. Not real names. That is womanhood speaking. Because everything when a woman speaks, the ear says, attention. The mouth says, attention. Attention. Even the shoulder speaks. You find her carrying a bag. Everything, everything demands. Their nails are painted. Everything. <laughs> I salute you. Oh my God. The hair asks, the eyebrows ask, what? What? Now I saw jewel on teeth. I don't even know how they do that. Then they tie things on the leg. Then they be like, everything is speaking on a woman. Everything speaks. Because women are designed from a place of conception. It's ideas upon ideas. <laughs> that is why Paul says, let it not be in the outward adorning because he knows you. He's saying, channel that power back into inside there. And the way things can demand without, may the seed of God within you demand, you'll be an influential woman who has understood it. Now back to what I was trying to tell us here. So you find people thinking according to the fallen realm and how the fallen realm accesses wealth. No wonder you're going to stay poor and you're going to reach in heaven and understand what scriptures like being given everything that pertains to life and godliness mean. Being blessed with every spiritual blessing, the heavenly blessing of Christ Jesus. Because again, to access that kind of liberty, to be able to access so much, it also comes with the wisdom to know what you need and what you don't need. What is lawful and what is expedient. What is precious and what is vile. To know that you have access. The Son of God had access to everything. 
but he said he would not be brought under the power of any. First Corinthians 6.12. The power of any. And how you brought under the power of any? When you carry no responsibility or accountability of what your heart is requiring of God. That is lust, not purpose. So every man who doesn't have much is necessarily poor. I know men who own billions of dollars, but they're poor. Here. They don't even understand what wealth is. Child of God, let me tell you, survival mode will always bring the consciousness of what you lack. That's how you know that you're a survivor, not a manager on the earth. These trees were designed to obey you. Did you know that? The ground was designed to obey you. That's why when Jesus walked to a tree and he could not give him figs, he cast it and it dried because it was meant to obey him. The Bible says he answered it because it spoke to him. What it was not supposed to speak to a man who understood the spirit and power of dominion. Some of you, if you understand this thing, you're going to speak to some things and by tomorrow morning they will appear. You won't be able to explain the process because you understand that the process is not quite what the world has arrayed and designed by their fallen wisdom. Not everything the Lord is going to give you, you're going to work for. And that's a hard truth. Houses you didn't build. Vineyards you didn't plant. Have you not read it before? But have you not read of men who have built houses and not slept therein? Have you not heard how the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just? Do you know what that portion of scripture means? Do you know that there is somebody right now, and you know, I don't care how you interpret it, you survive or follow. Do you know right now there are some people working for other people? Give me the amplified version of Proverbs 13, verses 22. Read. A good man leaves an inheritance, moral stability, and goodness to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner, listen, finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous. For whom? That last line. For whom it was laid for. That God wanted to get something to you, but he passed it through a fellow. What about that one? You survivor. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a man right now working hard, but God is channeling those things. When the Bible says it finds its way. <laughs> I wish some of you understand what is happening spiritually. In the spirit realm, there are things coming somewhere from Germany. They are flying like this, looking for a certain woman somewhere, seated in the back. Because one in front is legal. Who understands what I'm saying? <laughs> Glory to God. There's a man right now working so hard in uh, Belgium. But the man on his account wants to escape. He's putting passwords. He's putting it in a bank. The security codes, they're going through safes. They're coding things. They're sealing. They're signing. But the thing is saying, any day. Any day. Any day.
and there's a man in the spirit right now walking somewhere in Europe and something has just bypassed him. I was like, where is that going to? In Africa! <laughs> Those ones don't take flights. No, they don't need buses. They don't need cargo ships because it is spiritual. I thank God he called it wealth. Not necessarily money. That's deeper to think. That's deeper to think. Well, the spirit, the grace. It's one aspect. So don't go to school like a survivor. Those of you are studying. Oh, if I don't study, I'll not be rich. That's not why you should go to school. Go to school to learn how the world works. Fully persuaded that your place you will find somehow will find you. That's why many of the kids who have grown under this message have not struggled to get jobs. Do I have witnesses? They've not struggled. Because they know why they're here. They know why they're doing what they're doing. They're not here just to, you know, make it through. We're not just making it through. No. And I'm telling our pastors here, as much as we should prepare men for heaven, we should also make them function on earth. Because earth is a conversion realm. Some people think, oh, every time you talk about, oh, that's prosperity. No, 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 no. Don't get us wrong. We know the difference. But earth is a conversion realm. Remember, the Bible says that whatever you're doing on the earth, you're storing up treasures in heaven. That means this is a conversion realm. But if you do not have the power to convert, no, no, no. Let me explain it. If you were a millionaire in dollars and you used most of that money for the kingdom, okay? And then you touched a million people. There was another person on the same earth who doesn't believe in the prosperity that God has given man. Are you following? And because they don't believe in the prosperity God has given man, they were poor. And because of poverty, they were not able to change millions as they ought. Do you think when we reach to heaven, we'll be equal? Do you think we shall be equal? No. Because God gave you wisdom to know how or what to do. To be as effectual as you can. He sent us into the world. So, I'm not just talking about making money so people know you're rich. No, I'm talking about making money to build the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about, to build the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God to be more effectual because he has given us the mandate to preach the gospel to the whole world. And in there, some transactions will take place. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you're a survivor, you're just thinking to make money, no. But if you are a kingdom mentality person, you're making wealth to build the kingdom, to store up treasures in heaven where moths cannot eat. Where moths cannot eat. Where things cannot rust nor corrupt. But yet, it's also dependent on how you're going to function on the earth. So that's why Jesus had all sufficiency and poured the same to every man he mandated to preach the gospel because the preacher of the gospel should not lack. Should not lack. And I'm not talking about only those who stand on the pulpit. Some of you, you're preachers of the gospel in a certain way. You might not necessarily be in the choir like these guys you hear twisting their voices. 
But wherever God has blessed you, if you are a minister of the kingdom, you should not lack because you are sent out by God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Say, I was sent out by God. I'm not a survivor. In your education, you're not a survivor. In your career, you're not a survivor. In whatever you do, even in ministry pastors, we are not survivors. Paul says, I am free from all men. Yet have I made myself a servant of all men. But he says, I am free. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? You have to read the verse before. What then is my reward? Comma. That when I have preached the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Next line. He says, Though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all that I may gain them all. That I may gain them all. Now, some of us have understood the mystery of gaining more. And gaining more means, I'm not going to come to your church because I'm asking for an offering. Oh no, they know us. Apostle, how much can we offer you? You offer if you feel led. If you don't, I'm okay. Because I'm free from your offering. I'll buy my first class ticket, fly there, preach and get on the first plane back without asking for an offering. That's who I am because I'm free from them. And by that I gain them all. Why? Because I don't lose my power in the gospel. I am not a survivor. Then you hear a pastor saying, if you don't give me this money, I'll not preach. Have you noticed those of you who come to Fanel? I just bless your friend. I don't tell you what we need. You know, if you learn to give, you know, we need a lot of money. We use a lot of money to run these programs. No. You give good. If you don't give, huh? I'm free from you. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm not a survivor. The same attitude. If they pay you, good. If they don't pay you, it's okay. They are not your source. You don't reap where you sow. You reap what you sow. And some of us have sown in certain places and reaped other places. As in Lira preaching the gospel, and a man flew in from another country and gave me a, a seed that literally would make you shudder. But I'm in Lira. So I sowed in Lira, but I didn't trip there. Financially. And that's okay because I don't trip where, but what? Some of you should be free. Oh, how I did they give me money? Even if they don't give you. Move on. God is your source. He will sustain you. He will sustain you. If it doesn't come through her, it will come through him. If it doesn't come through another person, it will come whichever way. It will find its way eventually. Help shall come from somewhere, but it will always come. Be free from people. Some of you, if it's not for that person, you won't go to school. What if they die? You bury your destiny? Why either marry you or I die. You are sick. Eight billion people on the earth? You mean God has run out of ideas and some art to design the fellow you need? Why, if without you, I... Oh, not me. Not me. If it is not for you, we can't make it. No. God is the source. 
He's the ruler of them all. He abides faithful in every change. He has directed a raven somewhere to come for your rescue because you have a relationship with him. I'm talking to single mothers. I'm talking to some orphans who are pleading with some guardians. They fail, go on your knees and say, Jesus. I remember one time at university, my dad went through a very short setback. And then he called me and said, man of God, I'm coming to speak to your administration to tell them to extend some time for me because I want to pay for your tuition, but I'm not going to be able to pay it in the time they need it. I told my father, you're coming to what? He said, I'm coming to talk to them to extend some time for me. I went in my room and I went down on my knees and I said, Father God, I am your servant. How can my father lack tuition for Grace Lubega? Your servant. I thank you because it is paid. My dad, after two or three hours, he comes to the hostel. And he comes in the room, he said, let's first kneel down. So I asked him, what's up? You have a God who works. Mr. Matovu can tell you. He said, you have a God who works. I asked him what happened. He said, while I was planning to get into the car to come, somebody called me and gave me all the money I need. Oh, yo, oh, yo, oh, yo, oh, yo. Bamuyitakatonda. That is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, I will establish my covenant with you. When you are at the point of running out, he will still make a way. He will still make a way where there is no way. Do I have people here who one time got on the verge where there was no way and God did something? I don't know whether I have a witness here. Have you ever gone to the point where you know now it's gone, now it's gone. And then God created a certain way, unusual, and money found its way in your pocket. At the time when you needed to purchase that thing, to get that education, to enter your wedding plan. That same God is still alive. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Somebody shout amen. Shout glory to God. Now, when you go through those hard times, go back and remind yourself and say, but I've been in such a place before where I look north, east, west, and south and ask where does my help come from? But indeed my help cometh from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And some of you, until God pushes you there, you can never know his faithfulness. If you have not reached there, you'll reach there one day. Where you're going to make calls and they will not answer. You're going to send text messages and they will not be delivered. And you're going to send WhatsApps and they will block them. And then you raise your eyes in the heaven and say, God of Abraham, <laughs> Isaac and Jacob. And he has a way of coming soon. Some of us, when we sing songs, we know what we sing when we say, How I've proved him all and all. Jesus, Jesus, pray. Oh, for to trust him. 
we know what we are talking about. That he met us. When a box were against the wall And it looked as if it was all Lord, you, you So I'm standing here Only because of Haji Abdullah ah, is, that, is, that, is that it? Sister Rachel only because you <laughs> Glory to God. Jesus comes. In John chapter 1 verses 14, if you read the Amplified Version, and the Bible says, And the Word, Christ, became flesh, human incarnate. And the very word there for sanctuary, tabernacle, very word used here, tabernacle. Fixed his tent of flesh. Tent of flesh. Follow this. A while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty. Such glory as only only begotten son receives from his father. Full of grace, favor, loving kindness and truth. He fixed his tabernacle, tent, for a while with us on the earth. And God is saying, what was in that building? came in the body of a man. And when it came in the body of a man, they saw his glory, honor, and majesty. The glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace and truth. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the leper. He changed the world. He brought many sons to glory. He defeated the foe, the enemy. He went in hell and shook him a knot. Then he ascended in glory. Then gave gifts to him. And that very God walks to you through the mystery and revelation of Paul, the man that lays the foundation. And he says, your body is the tabernacle. <laughs> your body is the temple of the living means that thing Moses designed that men used to enter now is in you. You carry the pattern of sacrifice. You carry the pattern that cleanses. You carry the incense of prayer. You carry the wisdom of the just through the showbread. You carry the seven spirits of God and their understanding. You, oh! So, they used to go to eat to connect to the presence of God. Now, they have you. That's why the Bible says, as you sent me, so have I sent them. Oh, no, no. Who got it? Who got it? Who got it? The Bible says, as you sent me, Jesus says, so have I sent them into the world. That means you are a carrier of the presence of God. How can witchcraft strangle you at night? How can you tell me, Apostle Grace, I'm not sleeping anymore. Something comes at me. Oh, no, 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 no. 
understand what I'm saying? How can it strangle you? You should be the kind when it strangles you, you wake up and say, you silly thing, get off! Then you go back to sleep with no apology. Or pitching another tent. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? How can you tell me they've bewitched you? Presence of God? Oh my God, hallelujah. How can you tell me you have failed? Presence of God? How can you tell me I've tried to get married, my brother, but I'm not getting married? What do you mean? Can a man look at the presence of God and yeah? Oh. I think he saw a survivor. But if a man looks at the presence of God, he cannot turn back. Somebody shout hallelujah. How can you tell me you failed to get a job when you entered that interview? Did they see the presence of God or a fallen nature or the survival instinct? Oh my goodness. When you go for an election, you must win. Because when you go, you don't go as a candidate competing against another person. No. You go as a carrier of the presence of God. When they look at you, they can say, you are the light of the world. You are the city set on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. That's who we are. That's how you can't survive. Refuse car accidents. Because a car cannot look at presence. Glory to God. Refuse cancer. Because cancer cannot stand the presence of God. Refuse HIV. Refuse to die early. Because disease... Oh, I don't care whether they said you have high blood pressure, disease, kidney failure. That's all nonsense. None of those things. The Bible says no man shall stand in the presence of God. Now he's living inside you. The thing that sustained Israel is in a certain woman here. The thing that kept a nation is seated in a certain brother who is believing God for rent, who runs away in the morning at 6 a.m. because he doesn't want the landlord to find him home. I rebuke you today. Get up in the name of Jesus and say enough is enough. I know who I am. I choose to live as a carrier of the presence of God. somebody and tell them I cannot fail tell them I'm telling it to you I cannot fail tell them again I cannot fail somebody shout hallelujah hey let them send witchcraft that's when they will know who is in you let them try to attack you that's when they'll realize that you cannot kick against the bricks somebody shout hallelujah greater is he which is in you in all these things, we are more than conquerors. By Christ which has strengthened us, you will not fail. I'm a carrier of God's presence. You reach your workplace and they say there's something about you. I want to work with you. Let me tell you something. Recently, I just noticed I hardly pay in any restaurant I enter. Every time I say bill, they say somebody paid. Because I carry the presence. Ask those who work with me. And those who even pay, make sure I've not seen them. Praise the Lord Jesus. You enter a shop and somebody says, Apostle can't pay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we are buying without money. Some of you, man, God. 
refuse to be survivors. Pray like you're in charge. Do you know the prayer of a man in charge? Father, I thank you. Because I've overcome. This city is under the jurisdiction of the glory operating on my life. Everything is agreeable. It's reconciled and in consonance with my will and desire according to the pattern of your purpose in my spirit. That's a man praying. But some of you, God, remember me. <laughs> survivor. Don't pray like a survivor. Open your mouth and pray like a king, like a prince, like a man. Open your mouth and thank God for the message. You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. You have done me well. Come on, open your mouth and talk to God. You have done me
there's a presence of God that dwells in us and then there's a way that presence pours out on us and it ordains the continence and people start to see something that carries so much power because of the indwelling presence of God and that's a place of consecration that comes in understanding but as the understanding was sent out tonight there's a few people here that are receiving something I'm not going to lay hands on you because the power available is enough to take you to the next level of power power of the Holy Ghost receive it in the name of Jesus some of you are going to be amazed at the presence of God that is going to walk on you I speak as I see there are people here you're going to enter places and literally the presence of God is going to charge up because you've entered you're going to come next to the sick and they'll be healed because you have appeared you're going to enter dying places and they're going to receive life immediately even before you oh somebody receive it even before you make a prayer You see, some of you must understand that there's a grace and glory that can change your life and start to introduce you in such a way. You'll sit among 10, 20,000 people and you'll catch the eye of the people that are most important because of the presence of God on your life. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Your ministry is going to the next level. It's going to the next level. Some of you, the miraculous is going to work so amazingly. I see healing anointings that are being handed over. Literally being handed over. My God, where are those people? Where are those people? Miracles are going to happen before your eyes. The blind will see before your eyes. Tumors will disappear before your eyes. Some of you are going to command such a presence that you'll only speak a few words and the world will hear. Kings are going to come to your rising. Gentiles are going to come to your light. Presidents are going to seek your counsel. Receive it somebody. Give the Lord a multiple praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Celebrate what he has done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, so I want to have a relationship with that God. Repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior I am born again change me transform me amen 
This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.